they came to the conclusion that things weren't going to get better, you know, virus wise. And, you know, as well as Wyoming did things, Berman said, you know, we need, we need, to, we need teams to play. And not everybody who is in the same boat as Wyoming was in terms of how they handled things. California schools obviously have a lot of things going on. Nevada is not exactly a great place to be. So there were a lot of factors, I think, that were outside of, you know, Wyoming's control, which I think kind of made it hurt a little bit more because, again, they did do everything right. So, yeah, the timing's weird. I, I just think that, you know, it got to a point where it was like, it's not safe now. It's not going to be safe. And we just need to, to, to get it over with. Howdy and welcome to the YO Sports Podcast. I am your host, David Graff. It's another episode of the podcast. I won't say it's a great one because it is not necessarily the greatest day to be a college football fan or a fan of Mountain West Conference athletics. Yesterday, or not yesterday, but a few days ago, the Mountain West called off the football season. So... Alongside me to talk about that, talk about our feelings, see where we're at, talk about some of the other things that we got going on are Wyo sports writer Robert Munoz and the University of Wyoming football beat writer, Mr. Michael L. Katz. They are both here. We're going to talk about all these things and try to figure out where, where do we go from here. So I'll, I'll start with you, as I always do, Robert. How's it going today? Going wonderful, David, except for the sad news that we all heard yesterday. I mean, it doesn't seem realistic yet, especially the beginning of August. I mean, I don't think it's really going to hit until once September rolls around and sports. I mean, it just really doesn't feel real yet, honestly. It certainly hasn't sunk in. This isn't usually the kind of time where you're thinking – about college football, maybe yet you're probably focusing on the Rockies or whoever your baseball team is and probably mad at yourself. Or if you're a Dodgers fan like Cats, you're probably counting how many more wins until we clinch on August, whatever. So uh, just playing, just playing. But Michael, how are you feeling? How's it going today? It's been a, a rough couple of days. Uh, you know, you can brace yourself for the news, even if you know it's coming. And I mean, I had a feeling that this is where this was headed. But, uh, you know, I think I saw Brett McMurphy's tweet was he was the one who I saw break it. And I was like, well, maybe he's wrong. And I was like, he's not wrong. I know that. But there's always like that small part of you that's like, maybe it's wrong. And then, of course, you know, I reached out to the Mountain West and they were like, just a sec. And I was like, dang it is going to happen. And then of course we got it. And, um, it is surreal. Uh, you know, I guess the last couple of days I've kind of kept myself busy with, you know, there's so much to report on in regard to the fallout of this. Uh, I don't think it's going to hit me until, you know, like the well runs dry on these stories and I'm sitting here and, you know, mid September and like, I can't turn on, you know, ESPN at 10 AM and watch like, the Indiana Purdue game, which I don't care about, but like at least it was on, right? 
it's it, it's going to be weird. And it's going to be especially weird if, you know, some teams play and some don't. I have my thoughts on that. Uh, but uh, it's just a very – it's a weird time. It's a sad time. I, I know as tough as it is on, like, us, like, media people, I can't imagine what the athletes are going through. Yeah, I can only imagine the tough things that are going on with seniors, guys who – Worked so hard for this moment. I saw guys tweeting out and their parents and other people about how their son walked on and things like that, and they can't really continue their education. It's it's difficult to continue trying to find something that you can stay in school for. I'm These guys who are fifth-year guys and things like that usually haven't graduated or are doing a graduate program or something. It's not as easy as saying, like, yeah. I'll just come back next year. You got to kind of finagle some sort of school out of it. So that's tough for those guys. That's tough for those kids. ESPN just uh, a few hours ago had, had a senior from Ohio state on sports center to talk about his emotions and his feelings. And he was just like, I don't really know where I'm going to go from here. I, I don't, I don't think a lot of guys do. You put a lot of eggs into this basket in terms of everything that you've been working on pretty much your whole life when you're playing a high-level sport like this. So it's really tough to see. It's it's just I don't know. And like Michael said, three conference, three power five conferences are allegedly going to go ahead with college football this year, which – would be interesting. It would be interesting to see all of those schools just say, you know what, we've got our plan in place. These kids are better under our care, better under our watch. So we'll see what happens. There are plenty of things built in to prevent that from happening. And like we've mentioned, it's early August. There's all sorts of time to change the plan but if they do go ahead and play what do you think Robert I'll start with you well I mean I don't know like Michael Michael you said this yesterday or on Monday rather sorry but um they all blend together now yeah the coronavirus isn't any different in Wyoming than it is in South Carolina at the University of Clemson um it's not any different down there in the South. So it's just like, I mean, those guys are going to play those athletes, the power. I mean, it just sucks for these kids at UW and the Mountain West. And it's just doesn't affect everywhere differently. And you were saying that yesterday. And I mean, I thought that was probably one of your biggest, strongest points there. Well, Michael, you said you have thoughts. What are your thoughts if those schools go ahead and play? I mean, you know, listen, I, I don't think they're going to get started because this is how it goes. They they delay, and that's what I think the Big 12 did today. They push things back. They kick the can for a week or two, and then they say we did everything we could, right? Um, I mean, if they do get started, it's really hard for me to see it lasting more than a couple games. Um, cause you know, like it's cliche, but, uh, the virus doesn't care what state you're in, what conference you're affiliated with. Uh, 
you know, whether you're playing for a top 25 team or a bottom dweller, doesn't matter. Uh, and so, you know, and I think that this is an NCAA problem. I'm very uh, vocal in my disdain for them not really doing anything and letting the conferences figure everything out for themselves because now you're basically saying, well, it's safe for some people but not for everybody, and I don't think it should be like that. I think it's either safe to play football or it isn't. Um, but that's just kind of where I'm at. But I – it's, you know, I spoke with Tom Berman today and, um, you know, we brought up, you know, say these other conferences do go, are you worried about, you know, transfers? Because, you know, you're going to have kids that want to play this year. Um, and, you know, basically he said, uh, I would tell them, don't be transferring because you want to play somewhere else in 2020. Do it because you want to play somewhere in 2021, because I don't think this thing's going to happen. Um, and so, you know, you kind of get the feeling that the Big Ten and PAC and the Mountain West and the MAC wouldn't have done these things if they didn't think everybody would eventually follow suit because, you know, if the ACC and the SEC and the Big 12 play, the Big Ten and PAC 12 are screwed. Like, they are done. They're going to lose recruiting. They're going to lose, I mean, money, obviously. These places stand to lose a lot. And so there's a part of me that kind of thinks that, these conferences wouldn't make the decisions unless they knew everybody else was going to eventually fall in the line. Well, it's interesting because the, each conference has their own set of medical advisories and different people who are chiming into the conversation who, unfortunately, it sounds like the players are the only ones not chiming in on the conversation when it really matters. We won't go down that rabbit hole just yet, but I think that it's it's very interesting that you decide in early August that you can't do something in late February. Obviously, I don't think that we're going to see any sort of medical leaps and bounds in terms of all of a sudden the coronavirus is just, you know, your normal everyday flu. Like some people have been thinking this whole time, but why why cancel it in early August? Why not wait until the day before kickoff? I don't it doesn't it just doesn't make sense. It speaks to a lack of leadership and something that I I don't think that all of these conferences know what the other conference is doing or what they're thinking. I because really I just got back to California from Arkansas and all systems are a go seemingly in the sec and in those states those governors are putting in plate putting in measures safety measures like masks and things like that for people because of college football like they want college football to happen they don't really care about whether or not it's safe or not and coaches you see you saw nick saban come out that he kind of said like he's going to get blame no matter what whatever he says but he he's kind of right these kids with the safety protocols and things like that are probably safer and you get tested all the time if you're in those scenarios are you going to be able to get a test if you go home are you are you going to have close medical supervision are you going to have things that Division one athletes have that are 
better than the general student population has. They're way more protected. These guys are investments from their universities. These are things that they're trying to do. So the Big Ten and the Pac-12 decided that they would like to delay the investment. They didn't. They don't want to invest more money into these kids, whereas other schools in these other conferences are saying, shoot, let's just double down. Yeah, and, you know, you, you bring up the whole, um, you know, it, the conversation has been they're safer here than they are as regular students or back home, whatever. Um, you know, I found out today that, you know, student athletes at Wyoming have gone home. Some of them have. Um, obviously they probably want to be with their families right now. There's a lot, you know, I wouldn't blame them. I'd probably, I'd go back to California if I was in, you know, the same shoes. Um, but you know, there's the worry of, well, what happens when you come back to school? Like you're, you know, hopefully you're smart when you're home, but you're not under anyone's jurisdiction or control. You're kind of on your own. Um, you know, kids have a, you know, they're not employees. They have a right to go home. That's, you know, one of the points that uh, Tom made, but uh, Tom Berman, but uh, you know, it's, it, it becomes a risk when they're outside of, you know, these structured environments. And uh, you know, you can say whatever you want about, you know, it being a structured environment and it being too much, blah, blah, blah. But uh, you know, if you're going to have kids on campus, you want them to be as safe as possible. And there is no one safer than the athletes right now. Um, because I feel better about, uh, you know, a football player coming into class on Monday than I do, uh, you know, some random 21 year old who I don't know what that person did over the weekend. You know, when you're, when you're held accountable for something, uh, you know, you're less likely to, to do something that's going to put you in a bad position. So, um, it you know it's 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 wild that you know these schools are going to open up, but they're saying sports aren't safe. Uh, again, that's another that's another topic. But um, you know, I, I've always been on the side of you know the science is what the science is. Um, I think I don't think anybody's getting different information. I think people are doing with it what they want and interpreting it either as we can't do this or, well, we can give it a shot. I don't think anybody's saying we're going to have a full season. I think best case scenario is they're saying, well, well, we think we can start. Um, And so I don't, I don't really think it's right that, uh, you know, some, some schools already know they're out and some still have hopes. Uh, But I, you know, I I would personally be surprised if, you know, come October uh, there's any, uh, any college football games, and that makes me very sad. And these athletes, I mean, they all worked so hard. They did everything that was asked of them. They took different reps in the weight room. They wore their masks while they were working out. They did absolutely everything that was asked of them. And it just comes down to this. And they, like David mentioned, they just have absolutely no say in anything at this point. And it's just... It's just a big blow to them. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, think about Wyoming, right? Like, they had no positive tests over, you know, the two whatever months it was. 
I mean, that's insane. Like, I mean, every school had at least a couple. Um, you know, it's like you can do all the right things and ultimately it didn't really matter, which really kind of sucks because, uh, you know, they did do it the right way here. Uh, you know, some places they didn't and we saw outbreaks, uh, you know, supposedly right, you know, about an hour away in Colorado, in Fort Collins, uh, you know, LSU had a situation, Clemson had a situation, but, you know, for the most part, these schools did what they could, and um, it's just kind of a, you know, it makes you think, like, well, you know, if we put all this money into the testing that we did and getting everything right, why did we do it then if we never really had a chance? And that's, you know, I, I, I can see that as being really frustrating. That's where I'm at with it. I mean, why cancel in early August? Why take all of these preventative measures in the preceding months and say, like, all plans are a go, all things are ready to go? And then it really, obviously, there were hints, but there was no, like, revised plan. The revised plan was just to cancel the whole thing which I think is extremely unfair to the players, the coaches, the student bodies at these universities. I, I mean, whether you want to admit it or not, where you go to a school is impacted a lot of times by the athletic programs and things like that, even if you're just going to the school to study political science. Okay, the, you probably have a passing interest of some sort in in one of the athletic programs. So it's it's disrespectful to everybody at these member institutions from the bottom from the bottom to the top in terms of at least give us some hope. At le- the the doom and gloom of of just outright canceling it not not really trying to put into place. I, I haven't seen anything from any of these conferences in terms of what could we do that could possibly allow these things to happen other than the way that we've always done it. And to, I know testing and all of these things, but you, there had to have been some sort of alternative to just flat out canceling the season. Yeah. I mean, I, I, asked, you know, uh, Tom today, like, you know, why like right now, especially after like, you know, you just put out a schedule five days ago. Uh, it just seemed all really weird. And the vibe that, you know, I got was that um, they've kind of known for a bit that this is where this was headed. And you, you kind of kick the can down the road as long as you can. And you know, ultimately, it isn't up to the athletic directors. It's the university presidents, uh, and they have a lot of different interests and things that they're looking at uh, differently than, you know, an athletic director or a football coaches. And um, Yeah, I mean, it is super odd that, you know, August 11th, I think, is or 10th, whatever day it, it happened, um, especially when you had already pushed it back to September 26th. But I, I think it just got to a point where they they came to the conclusion that things weren't going to get better, uh, you know, virus-wise. And, you know, as well as Wyoming did things, uh, you know, Berman said, you know, we need, we, need to, we need teams to play. 
And not everybody who is in the same boat as Wyoming was in terms of how they handled things. California schools obviously have a lot of things going on. Nevada is not exactly a great place to be. Um, and, and so there were a lot of factors, I think, that were outside of, you know, Wyoming's control, which I think kind of made it hurt a little bit more because, again, they did do everything right. Um, so, yeah, the timing's weird. I, I just think that, you know, it got to a point where it was like, it's not safe now. It's not going to be safe. And we just need to, to, to get it over with. Yeah, I can respect that. I still think that there should have been some sort of effort made in terms of there is no end to kicking the can down the road. They've, in essence, kicked the can even further down the road by saying that potentially a spring season, but like you could have just kept kicking it and kicking. I don't know. I, I'm not going to say kicking it again, but I, the problem that I really have is that the problem that it really boils down to is that there's not really a unified front from all of these conferences. You've only seen two of the power five, two out of five conferences at the top level. And then the mountain West and the Mac in terms of the FBS who have outright canceled the season, there could have been a whole entire collective group decision in terms of and that that was one of my problems at the beginning when we were talking about testing and you talked to tom berman and he said that wyoming is going to have their own set of protocol then fresno state will have theirs colorado state will have theirs hopefully they'll all align but there's got to be some sort of way to get on the same page in terms, especially within a conference in terms of you see other conferences, some of these schools want to play and are maybe dancing with the idea of playing against somebody. Our old friends at BYU allegedly are pining to join the big 12. I don't think that that's going to go very well for them. Uh, Probably not even get off the ground, but it's just, it's frustrating that there's not a unified front, especially on something that should be as easy to rally around as playing football in the midst of a pandemic. And it's just no leadership in the NCAA. And you wrote that article, Michael. Listeners, if you haven't read it, go check it out. But, uh, I mean, yeah, there's been no leadership in the NCAA for how long? And, you know, you're always throwing blows at Emmert, but it's, they're well deserved. He just he's just sitting around. Seems like he's just collecting paychecks and he's not doing much else. So I don't know. Yeah, I mean that's that's the problem with big college football though is that you know when it comes down to it, the NCAA doesn't really run it. It's the power it's the power five conferences that really hold all the weight in uh, the NCAA, which you know was founded on fairness and all that stuff literally sits on the sideline and it's frustrating and. It's like, you know, if if you can't step in here, the most important time may be in your sports history. What If you can't do it now, why are you here? It's, 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 it's nauseating. I, I wish I could make $4 million to punt. I'll say that. The NCAA isn't going to step in unless it affects their bottom line. 
which we saw they did that when they canceled the NCAA tournament in March, and that certainly affected their bottom line. But you knew you had a feeling then that they were going to cancel the whole thing because they weren't going to make any money back in terms of uh, other than from the TV, they were going to lose all of the additional revenue streams and they were going to have to pay to figure out how to create a bubble atmosphere on the fly for 68 teams, I guess, make the NCAA tournament. Yeah, whatever it is. Yeah. So it's, it's just sad. It's sad. Like you said, if uh, I got $4 million to sit on my hands, I would certainly appreciate it. Donald Trump, if you're uh, just handing out $4 million checks on this next round, count me in. Hey, I'll take it too. Cats <laughs> will give up his job at YO Sports for $4 million for anybody who's, you know, shopping for Los Gatos. If that's the conversation that I can have, I'll explore the opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But uh, any other thoughts on on the cancellation of football? We can we can just kind of beat around the bush, but it I just stinks. You've been we we've talked about this. Dave and I have talked about this. Spring football in Laramie. That's just. I mean, doesn't seem possible at all. I mean, zero percent. We've never had a snow day in December or November. January, but we've had snow days in March and April, and we've had snow even had snow days in May. We had one in know. June. Yeah, and then freaking, I don't know. And then all these people flock to Laramie from around the state. They're not going to be able to travel. I know the attendance may not be allowed by then. Who knows what's going on? But that's another thing there, and I don't know. Hypothetically, there's spring football. What are your thoughts on that, Michael? Yeah, I know. Sure. No, go. Sorry, go ahead. I know you talked a little bit about it yesterday, but go ahead and vent more, man. <laughs> this is my group therapy session. Um, no, it's you know, and that's again one of the things I brought up with Tom today is like, well, we talk about kicking the can down the road. This is like the biggest kick possible. You you are punting way down the road and just have your fingers crossed things get better and not taking into account things like weather and other, you know, a lot of factors go into a potential spring season. But um, I personally, you know, could it work? Sure. You know, Berman brought up, you know, maybe an eight game schedule you do. And then if you have a fall, you push it back a little bit and you do 10 games. Are you risking injuries? Yeah. And that's, you know, if you're doing this all in the name of player safety, like that's why you canceled the season, right? It's for safety. I personally don't think it's much safer to play two football seasons in a calendar year. I think that that is very dangerous on its own. But, uh, you know, could it happen? Maybe I just, you know, one, um, if the NFL draft doesn't get pushed back, you're going to get a lot of the best players in the country who don't play. Uh, you know, Trevor Lawrence isn't going to play if there's a spring season and the, and the NFL draft is in, you know, April. Uh, Justin Fields, you're going to get all the best players sitting out. And so obviously the product will be worse. Um, but 
But two, do you really want these kids to put their bodies through a full base? I mean, it's almost the full season eight games. It's a good chunk. And then a couple, you know, give them a couple months off, and then they play again. Uh, you know, one of the things you know Tom brought up was you have to talk to the players about that. Like, you got to ask them if they want to play in the spring, because uh, really, it's their bodies uh, that are at stake here. It's not, it's not any, it's not the athletic directors and the presidents. You know, if you don't, if you don't care about injuries and stuff, of course you can do it. Uh, but I'd like to think that you know doing things in the name of safety actually means something. Robert mentioned canceled. Robert mm-hmm. mentioned fans trying to get in, get into Laramie in the spring season. Imagine trying to uh, land a plane that houses the entire Fresno State football team. I'm sure there are going to be many, many circles made around Laramie for a football team visiting. I, it, you bring up that two football, two football seasons in a calendar year. If you're playing in Laramie in the spring, in January and February, so really the the dead of winter, the ground is going to be a lot harder, a lot harder, just unbelievably harder. Okay, we've all lived in Laramie. I know that we didn't nine none of us played football, but we certainly have walked around and ate it at least once. I mean I've eaten it on campus. It, when you're on campus and you come back in January, you're like, All right, when's it when's it gonna come? Just when when's it gonna happen? Okay. So imagine trying to play football in those conditions. Obviously they can clear the field, but they can't soften it. They can't lay down pillows. It's football still. So that is something that you aren't probably thinking about at home listening, but that's something that you got to consider if you're an athlete. Do you want to potentially go not just in Laramie? It's going to be extremely unpleasant in Fort Collins as well. It's going to be imagine the big imagine the Big Ten stadium. Yeah, that's what I was saying. You're playing up there. Ann Arbor, whatever those. I mean, it's awful up there as well. Yeah, you wanna you wanna do that in Ann Arbor? I don't think so. I don't even want to be in Ann Arbor in August. Okay, let alone January or February. Quick story: When I was visiting colleges, I visited the University of Michigan in August, and it was fifty eight degrees, and we turned around. I was like, nope, not, <laughs> not I'm not going to school here. If it is sub sixty in August, it's not yeah. happening. It's not oh, happening. My my tune changed, I guess, a few years later when I was visiting Wyoming in January. But nonetheless, there's a there's still plenty of logistical issues to get figured out if there's even going to be a spring season. It's pretty sad just thinking about the fact that there's not going to be a fall season right now at this very moment. That's why I'm saying could have waited, could have waited, could have just sat on your hands, could have take a, taken a page out of Mark Emmert's playbook. <laughs> not done anything. Exactly. Exactly. They could have just not done anything, and we would be like, "What? why aren't they playing football on Saturdays? No comment. We're not, we're not, we're just here so we won't get fined. 
I saw the Pac-12 making moves on basketball already. Is it way too early for that? Yeah, so I think the Pac-12, I think they said no sports, period. They canceled all athletic activities through 2020. Yeah, yeah so that includes the that includes That includes Wyoming's basketball game against With University Arizona. of Arizona, which we were all very excited for. Uh, poor Jeff Linder goes and gets this great game. <laughs> gets canceled after like two months. Yeah. Uh, they might have a fight for uh, that money, which yeah. could be beneficial. It sounds like across the country there will be plenty of financial issues to try and get worked out because I saw in FCS the Big South canceled their football season, but they said that schools could play up to four contractual games if they get scheduled by one of the big bad teams from the Big 12, ACC, or SEC, which I'm sure the SEC is on the phone with them right now trying to schedule as many games as possible. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, again, like, I would like to think that whatever conference you're in made the decision to not play due to safety. Is it safe to play uh, Alabama if you're, you know, Weber State or whatever, like, or an FCS program? Like, it's not like playing there makes it safer. You know, it, it's just there's a lot of hypocrisy in, in saying we are canceling it, but you can you can schedule a few games in the fall. It's just, well, then safer it isn't. You're just sending a, a stupid mixed message. It's safer in the sense that – they will not lose money as a program. Yeah. Most universities lose money in the athletic department, but football kind of kind of makes the budget look like less of an eyesore. So there's a lot of that going on, certainly, in terms of did they really want to play at Indiana? <laughs> right. Did they really want to play football this year? They don't want to play football any year. They won eight games last year, didn't they? They still are reeling from the hundred years of pain yeah. that the Big Ten has put on them. I'm I'm just saying there are some schools that are going to say that they were looking out for player safety, but don't don't be fooled by the the message. Look deeper. Be willing to. Ask critical thinking questions of these programs, especially the ones who continue to play, because there's not there's certainly money that won't be made if schools aren't allowed to have fans. But there's plenty, plenty of money to be made just by appearing on television in the fall. The oh, yeah. TV networks are clamoring; they're clamoring. So. Those dollars are still up for grabs, and the TV networks are happy to dole them out, especially after they had about four or five months of just nothing, nothing programming. And with all the uh, the money they lost from not having the tournament, because teams, every team in the in college sports gets, in Division One gets a nice chunk of that money. Um, I know that hurt a lot, a, a lot of especially group of five type programs 
Yes, and the further you go into that tournament, the bigger your piece of the pie comes for your individual school and for your conference. So it's a really important, important thing that they missed out on. All schools, no one benefited from that. And especially the schools that were unfortunate and didn't make it all the way through their conference tournament. Shout out to the Mountain West. (laughs) <laughs> for giving us a classic of a college basketball yeah, game in the final. There we go. There it is. Yeah. There the we go. I covered. David's boy, Sam Merrill. Sam Merrill. Sam Merrill did a whole podcast preaching the gospel of Sam Merrill, and then the NCAA got canceled the tournament, so we had to scrap the entire episode. But that was good times. That was good times. Well, we're – we're coming up here, and I want to finish up with one last question. You're going to ask about USC, aren't you? What? You're going to ask about USC. I am not, actually. I'm not. I'm going. I'm showing a deep, genuine affection for your work. I read your excellent piece on Mike Purcell. If you haven't read that one on wildsports.net, check that one out. But you've you've kept your head high. You're not steeping low. You're not telling people like I am to look between the numbers. That's where the truths lie and all this. But you've talked about on Twitter, you, there's some great stories out there to be written. So I want to know what are some of the stories that you've got percolating in your head and that you've kind of got your ear to the ground, your eyes on. What, what do you think is an important story that needs to be told coming up here in these next few weeks? Uh, I mean, for me, without like, you know, giving, you know, too much away, I, you know, the first thing I did after hearing the news was reach out to people. Cause I was like, well, yeah, this sucks. Yeah, obviously I'm, I'm upset. Uh, this is our life. This is what, you know, this is what we get paid to do. Uh, but, I, you know, I started reaching out cause, you know, kind of in the same way that when things got canceled in spring, you know, I kind of thought, you know, obviously everybody knows what football's going through. And because there's the big, you know, there's a big one. But first thing I thought of was like, well, what happens to the non-revenue sports? They stand to lose the most out of this. Like, I want to talk to them and see if they feel like they're going to make it. Um, so things like that and, and obviously talking to all the coaches and players and everything that I can. You know, another one that I kind of have in the works is, you know, seeing how not having a football season is going to affect Laramie as a, as a city, and uh, you know, you know, all the, a lot of these businesses make so much money uh, on game weekends, and you know, with that, and with you know, the last few months, I mean, a lot of these places were on fumes as it is, and now they just got the biggest punch to the, to the gut possible. Uh, I think a lot of businesses are really, really going to struggle, whether it's hotels, bars, restaurants, uh, all those sorts of places. And I think that's an important aspect that we don't necessarily think of. It's not the first thing that comes to your mind unless you are a restaurant or bar owner. Um, and so, you know, um, stuff like that. I, I just think that we sometimes in sports reporting forget that there's people uh, behind these stories and stats and wins and losses. And we get so caught up in like, 
who won and who lost and who had a good game and who had a bad game that, you know, we forget that there's people who actually, you know, are impacted by these decisions uh, way more than way more than we are. Um, and I think it's important to, to have their stories told. And that's one of the things I really enjoy. That's why I've always kind of gone out of my way to do feature-ish type stories. Um, sorry, my alarm just went off. Um, uh, um, you know, that's why I've always gone on my way to, to, to focus my stories on people. Um, cause it's the people that matter and the wins and losses at the end of the day don't, it's about the people. And so, uh, it's going to be weird not having stuff to watch, but, and it doesn't mean that there's not good stuff out there. And so that's what, you know, if nothing else, man, it, it keeps me busy. It keeps my mind from being sad on the fact that there's not going to be a season. And, uh, you know, it, writing stories makes me happy and writing good stories makes me really happy. And so, uh, you know, finding those little things here and there, um, even if there's not games going on, there's still stories to be told. And, and uh, my plan is to find them. Uh, and, you know, when the well dries up, we'll, I'll cross that bridge when the time comes, but my goal is to not have it dry up for a while. Well, noticeably absent from the guys who are major college football head coaches that weren't out there saying that they wanted a season was Clay Helton. He's probably (laughs) uh, thanking his lucky stars and he's not listening in the background to what Gavin Newsom has to say about unemployment because of the no college football season for the Pac-12. That's that's very fortunate for him. I'm just I'm just playing, but no, he's got to be the happiest dude on earth. He can say he went undefeated in 2020. So. <laughs> I think he took a few L's just along the way, yeah. just just yeah. by being the USC head coach this year. Unfortunately yeah, I, for know. him. Can't lose if you don't play. That's what I. That's what I say. Uh, yeah, I was kind of excited to see SC, uh, but then there was a part that's like they've ruined a lot of my Saturdays over the last thirty-one years. I, you know, maybe a couple off will be good for me. So, JT Daniels is happy. He he made the right decision to transfer to uh, a program that may or may not play. We'll see. Well, I, you know, it, what, the irony. I think Justin Fields should just go back to Georgia now too. Just bring him, get the get the the gang back together. Just just get it rolling with Kirby Smart. Just forget about everything that he said yep, on his way out the James door. <laughs> I don't know. We shall see. We shall see. Robert, anything you got for for Michael before we let him go? No, thank you very much for joining us again. But David was wondering, what does the L and Michael L. Katz stand for in your Twitter handle? It's it's the L's I take consistently. That's, no, that's cold. My, my, middle, my middle name is actually Lauren. It's Lauren? Lauren. Oh, I was joking with Robert. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, you were just, well, you guys saw your eyes light up. I got excited. I did. I'm just kidding. Michael Lawrence Katz. Okay, that that's a strong name. That's a strong MLK, name. Man. There you MLK. go. There you go. I'm sure. I'm sure that was exactly what your parents were thinking. Uh, remember, uh, I don't know if you guys were old enough to like when you used to get like your initials embroidered on like your backpacks and stuff. Oh yeah. Like LLD. Oh yeah. On your uh, yeah, I, I like. I. Yeah, I thought having an MLK one was really cool. <laughs> it was powerful. 
it spoke Very volumes in, in Pasadena. <laughs> exactly. Uniting the neighborhood over here. Well, we appreciate Michael L. Katz. I'm going to start calling him Los Gatos, whether he likes it or not. Wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> uh, well, we appreciate Michael for coming on. Robert is working on some high school tennis stories, so pay attention for those on wildsports.net. He's got some good stuff going on. The high school sports in the state of Wyoming, they're going to keep rolling. As Fingers of now, crossed. that's what we need. We need all of them. We need all of them, like the Wyoming High School Sports Athletic Association, or I, I, I don't know what the acronym is that they go by. It, yeah. It's it's too long, too many letters. But they they told us in a statement a few weeks ago to stay wearing a mask, do everything that we can for the kids. I'm going to say it again. Do everything possible that we can for these high school kids so we don't have to let them down the way that some conferences around the country have decided to rip the hearts out of college athletes everywhere. So look for those stories on high school tennis on wildsports.net. Please continue to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. We appreciate Mr. Katz for coming on for another full podcast. This is a lot of fun. Like I said before we did this, we could talk to Michael forever. So we're going to let him get back to his life now, but we really appreciate him for coming on for the full length thing here. We also would appreciate a rating, a review, and a subscribe if you've got it in you. I know you do. I know you love the podcast. That's why you're here. Otherwise, you wouldn't you wouldn't be paying attention to what we have to say or the <laughs> things that our important guests have to say. So we really appreciate all of those people. If you want to throw a few shekels our way, do so at the link in the podcast description and never hurt anybody. We really appreciate all the people that have donated so far to the podcast. It means a lot, a lot to us, especially during these tough times where Dr. Pepper apparently is running low on stock, but Miller Lite isn't, so Robert's still happy. We got that in the bag. The Wild Sports staff is hydrated over here. So uh, really appreciate everybody for listening, and shout-out to Shakewell for the music. We'll be back next week to talk about something. It's not going to be University of Wyoming football, unfortunately, but we'll be here to talk about some sort of sports in the Mountain West Conference in the state of Wyoming. Maybe the Nuggets will have got off to a 2-0 and playoff start. I don't know. We'll see. All right. Talk to you guys next week. Oh, I'm
teaching my lesson I like that kind of aggression, baby So take some notes and take some time Homework's a sign And shout out any suggestions 